0: Good afternoon. This is Glenn Drews from Books and Iron. And uh, it's Sunday. Trying to figure out how the pattern is going to be consistent on when I come on board and speak. Uh, there's there's an academic in me that says a schedule should be set to let folks know when I come on and when I don't come on and and present something of value, hopefully. Present something that's worthy of me even speaking on. And then there's another part of me that's, that's, that's like David Goggins. You know, if I feel it, no matter what day, time, year, month, week, day of the week, If you you feel like it, then you have something to say. But I I think I'm kind of in between because I can go through, I can look at what has taken place, what have been my thoughts, just evaluating everything that's going on from a, a seismic standpoint. And when I say seismic, I mean from me in my home and branching out to my neighborhood, to my city, to the gym I run, the clients I train, to... The state to the United States to this planet and then just the ripple effect of that coming back. So I'll try to approach it as let's keep it on Sunday. It may be in the morning. It may be in the noon time. It may be in the afternoon. But uh, I think Sunday is a great day since a lot of folks spend their time in church on Sunday and as they say, Sunday in church is probably the most segregated day of the week for most. When it shouldn't, when there's only one God, but many religions, my opinion. We'll, we'll, we'll keep it on Sunday at any day, any time. But anyway, this is Glenn Andrews. Change over from Heroes and Kings. Which We got Heroes and Kings apparel, heroesandkings.world, heroesandkings.com, still in effect. That will always be in effect. That is the, it's almost working backwards. That's the result. And I'm kind of working backwards in what, in, what influence, what was the impetus for doing Heroes and Kings as far as the brand, as far as the apparel and, and everything that it stands for, It was birthed from the idea of books and iron. I am a, a nerd by nature, I'm a nerd, a mechanic, a jock, uh, having so many different skills or skill, having a, a, a multi-skill set where I can build things, fix things, technically savvy as far as computers and gadgets. I can grab a handsaw and build something out of wood. I can do something out of metal, as well as I'm well read. And it makes for great conversations that I have during the week with with different people of different backgrounds. It also gives me an opportunity to listen and observe and just see what's going on and trying to make sense of 2020. I've heard two trains of thought as it pertains to 2020. One is, this is the worst year in, in most lifetime. If you, if you look at those of us who are still alive, looking at 2020. But I also heard something that was kind of significant as well. I heard a few things. One thing I heard was, a few individuals have been born this year. So how can we say 2020 could be a terrible year for a new mom and a new dad and a new family this year. On the flip side, there's been a lot of businesses that have shut down. and I saw the latest number of COVID-19. The number is over 200-something thousand now. That's the negative. But on the positive, I just found out a young lady that used to come to my facility who was a dental hygienist? She finally opened up her uh, catering and cooking business because she's she's like she's just as good as any chef that's on TV or walking around. And she went ahead and launched her catering and chef business here in Atlanta. And she has she 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 needs she, she's at a point now where she needs to start hiring people to help her get everything in place while she cooks the food and makes sure the presentation is on point. And and, and hers is not the only story like that. There's been folks who have lost jobs, businesses have shut down, but on the flip side, there have been folks who have gotten, have got a new job, folks who have started some businesses, folks who are flourishing. So 2020, like every year since Calendars have been invented. There's been great things. There's been bad things uh, Brianna Taylor situation that was predictable. Uh, we know what the system is. I, I, I leave that alone uh, there's, there's no more that can be said or not said but It was it is what is expected sadly in this country uh, got the election coming up. We got Ruth Bader Ginsburg just passed away. So it's just it's just been so much. <laughs> Starting with it really started last year with with Nipsey, and it just been rolling with Nipsey Hustle, and it just been rolling every year. Ahmad um uh, just so much, and and in the midst of it. Uh, I'm still here, my wife's still here, my kid's doing good, broke is all get out, but I stay hungry, you know, me and the fellas were at the gym and we was talking about what is the, what does success look like, what is success, and, and by, by perspective and by What you look at, is it about money? So we're still rolling it around. Maybe being successful is about money. How free you are to have wealth, to go as you please. That's, you know, that could be it. That's what I'm trying to get to. I've kind of been gone pretty much every place I wanted to go. (laughs) Had to work around a vacation and work around a schedule. So I don't know if that's free or if that's even success. But I want to get to that point where I can go and come as I please before I leave this planet. Uh, from a mind standpoint, I'm a free thinker. I can't be controlled. I've, I don't follow individuals. There's individuals I observe to see what they bring to the table as far as some kind of different thought, just as to having a one-on-one conversation and a one-on-one exchange of ideas within, with individuals. That's how I kind of observe social media, just to see, not even just to see, just to listen to other conversations, because for the most part, me and my wife talk about everything. You know, most, most of these individuals who are married, for the most part, don't have conversations with their wife or their significant other. It can go, it can go both ways. Some wives don't have conversations with their husbands for whatever reason, but that's not the case with me. I like being around my wife, my wife like being around me, We talk from the day we met as a blind date and going forward, it's always been about conversation and talking about the things that's going on in the world, whether it be entertainment, politics, and just some deep critical thinking about philosophy and where we are as people, human beings, relationships, all of that. We've always discussed that kind of stuff and just talked about stuff. Uh, she's bring her opinions, and I bring mine. I have a different take on things based on the way I was raised and the things I've experienced, and she as well. Uh, in in a way, her she's been in a, in a in a world that's been shielded, where I haven't, and so that that environment that's dangerous short to speak or or the hood or whatever you want to call it I can tell her about what that really is it's like it's the concrete jungle whereas her being on the outside looking in she can understand it what it is from a from a logical sense when she see things on the news and when I explain to her certain situations but I can I can just about hear something or read something in the newspaper or, or read something on the internet or see something come across on one of the news networks, during the few times my wife would have the TV on, and I'm, I'm always reading between the lines because I can't be programmed, I don't fall for the initial narrative, and I understand how the English language is used from a programming standpoint, from a hypnotizing standpoint. And from a subjective standpoint to steer you to a certain way of thinking or steer you in a certain way of being, whether it be fear, courage, anxiety, or comfortability. So that's where we're we're different, you know. You know, that's just where we're different. And so I just I just I I look at this world where the lines of civility and savagery are blurred. I'll say that again. The lines of the line, the one line of civility and savagery is blurred. And if you don't think so, just look at what's going on right now. Does it make any sense? Does it make logical sense? Not Black Lives Matter sense, or Donald Trump sense, or Antifa sense, or the Boogaloo Boy sense, or the Ku Klux Klan sense, or the Black Panther sense, does it make logical common sense from a human standpoint? And when you break some of these things down just from a human perspective, none of this crap makes any logical sense. And that's that line of civility and savagery is blurred. And I get it. I get it. And because I get it, it's, what is it? They call it uh, fear or flight, fight or flight. And in between fight or flight is courage or the lack thereof or fearlessness, or the lack thereof. And it's, it's chess moves, it's strategy. It's like reading Sun Tzu, The Art of War, or Yamamoto's The Hagakuri, The Book of Samurai. And so when you read those two, then you throw in Maslow and Carl Jung, and, and you may even throw in some Steinbeck of Mice and Men, or, or The Tale of Two Cities, Uh, Who else? Edgar Allan Poe. Um, Man, just just read all the different types of literature and the person who's doing the writing, what their perspective was or who they were. And then they're writing this piece. That's that that's that extra step. When you're reading books and you're reading this story, this person is writing something, but who is this person that's doing the writing? That's that extra step. And if you can look at what they're they're writing and read between the lines, then you go and find out and do some reading on this person. It changes the perspective of what they're writing about. If I bring it forward, we'll talk about Maya Angelou. You see how she wrote but then you read about her story, it has context. And so, just looking at this world and that line of civility blurred between savagery, in between that you have pessimism and optimism, and then in between those two, you have realism, and it's just a split second between it all. You know, it is said that tomorrow is not promised to you and i wonder who really said that is that just a antidote or perspective that has just been said so many times because of the danger that is being presented by this world of the lines that are blurred between civility and savagery That tomorrow is not promised to you. So should that motivate you through fear or does that motivate you because you have more courage to or is it more expedient to do what you need to do right now, knowing or thinking that you may not live to see tomorrow? And I've been thinking about that all this week that for me to think about that idea of tomorrow is not promised to you. I've thought about it since Monday and here it is Sunday being Monday again. So tomorrow, I did get to tomorrow. Tomorrow not being promised to me is that due to the gods? Or is that due to the other human beings that are in between civility and savagery? And if that's the case, me being a chess player and strategizing how I should move, if I don't make it to tomorrow, is it my fault or is it other human beings fault? And what did I do to put myself in those situ- in that situation with the one thing that I, none of us can control? And that's time. So who said tomorrow is not promised to you? Because as I'm sitting here saying this, I think, and and this is my opinion, although tomorrow might not be promised to you, I'm pretty sure one second might be promised to you. Possibly, possibly one to three minutes might be promised to you. But I even think, too, maybe an hour to three hours might be promised to you. it's... What you do and the decisions you make within those time periods and within those windows of time. And as I'm saying this, I'm thinking about Nipsey and the decisions he made on Sunday. You know, and just all the thing that has taken place in this world where you're we are told, all of us are told tomorrow is not promised to you, but you got that second to make a different decision. You got that minute to make a different decision. You got that hour to make a different decision and how those decisions <laughs> is, is 50, 50% can go in this direction and 50% can go in this other direction and how much control of that that you have. a second is promised to you. A minute, quite possibly, is promised to you. So with that second, what you say, what you do, which way you move left or right, make a difference. A second is promised to you. Two things happened yesterday. Two things happened yesterday. Me and the wife went on a... Our Saturday morning hike, Kennesaw Mountain here in Atlanta, Georgia, out in Kennesaw, actually Kennesaw, Georgia. We do five to seven miles every Saturday morning, or every other Saturday morning, depending on how the schedule is and who I have training and what she has going on. Uh, for those you don't know, my wife, this we we love Rottweilers. My wife, this is our third Rottweiler. We lost our second one, Bernie Mac, to a degenerative spine disease. At only six years old and I miss him every day because getting up at four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning and coming home, he would meet me at the door. And or when I get up early in the morning, he'd be right there at the downstairs in the foyer, ready to go outside with me. He's my eyes and ears because we live in the woods. He's my eyes and ears for what's going on outside. So, if I'm watching him and he's watching me, he re- would react and see something before i before I would, and I either would have I would have something on me to be ready for whatever takes place out in the yard, but he was our eyes and ears that's the great thing about canines dogs, those type of breeds and those type of dogs that will protect you and protect the owner. He is your eyes and ears your warning, but we had to we had to Lay him to rest due to the spine degenerative spine uh, disease that he had, and it's, it's, it was definitely, definitely, definitely hard, really hard on my wife. Like I said, it's our second Wilder. and our first one was Zelda. We had her for 14 years, had to put her down just before Christmas due to cancer and just old age. And we literally had her had Zelda before we had the kids, and the kids came along, and so we've literally have had dogs in our life almost 25 years literally. So we have our third wild wild. We just picked up another little puppy. Her name is Jazz and she's full of personality and we're getting her out walking and the one thing like children similarly just like with dogs even if it's the same breed, no two dogs have the same personality. They may have bits and pieces but every, every dog is individual and so Jazz has her own personality. So we're getting her out, getting her out walking, getting her used to the Jeep, getting her out, getting her used to riding the cars. We took her to Tennessee when we went to the cabin, and she did good. She did good on the trip up there so she can travel. So it's not one of those things where we have a dog that we will put her in a, board her when we go on a cabin trip or take a trip somewhere. You know, we take our dogs everywhere. We've even flown with a dog back in the day. But, uh, so we got a new, a new puppy. Her name is Jazz, new Rottweiler puppy. Uh, we're not gonna dock her tail. She's a female. And we're gonna do things a little different with her We're starting around getting her walk and getting her outside and then to run around and go hiking with us early on uh, She's been doing two miles around here in the subdivision with us during the week And this was our second time taking her out to Kennesaw and she's done up to five to six miles And she's right around five months old now. So just she is getting acclimated to our lifestyle and so She's an outside dog, a walker. And yeah, we were at Kennesaw Mountain. We were doing our thing. We were coming over. We were finishing up. And we was coming down the f- opposite side of Kennesaw Mountain. And we saw these four young men. Uh, one of the young men was in a wheelchair. And the guys were kind of taking turns as they were coming up the hill on the dirt path. On the dirt path of Kennesaw Mountain. they were taking their t- taking their time pushing him, pushing a friend in the wheelchair up. So I'm thinking he was from the waist down paralyzed. And so as they were coming up and coming right past me and my wife and the dog, they were kind of asking us, you know, what, what, how's the trails and which way should they go? And what it, it dawned on us that they were not familiar with Kennesaw mountain. And so we told him, you know, you can go up the mountain on the road. So the paved road that takes tours and takes folks up to the top of Kennesaw Mountain by like a like a little tour bus or a little little trolley bus that'll take you up to the top of the mountain. So we told him the, the paved road will take you right up the mountain, uh, maybe a little longer. But between the three of them, it will give them a chance to push the friend up up the side of the mountain. And as I, as we was having this discussion and telling them how to get up the side of the mountain, and I'm just thinking about all this stuff that is going on in the world because it was one Hispanic guy, two white guys, and one black guy, and the one white guy was in the the one what the one Caucasian young man was in the wheelchair, and I was like, man, look at this right here, this that. That right there, it just, it's, it's, it made my day. It it, it, it it put something in my spirit just to see that. It's like, you know, all three look kind of athletic. And I'm just wondering if the young man who was in the wheelchair, whatever accident, put him in that chair. Because uh, he, he was kind of, kind of upper body was kind of big. And possibly he was born that way. But it was just so impressive on a Saturday to see four friends and different ethnic backgrounds and the friends were taking turns pushing their friend up Kennesaw Mountain and they were doing it the hard way and we told them that you know they can take the paved road and make it up to the mountain. But it it just it it really made my day. I didn't want to take a picture or snapshot Uh, 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 make an Instagram post or a Facebook post about it. It was was just one of those moments that I'll never forget. We may see them again next weekend or the following weekend or the next time we're at Kennesaw Mountain, but it did something for my soul and it did something for my heart to see these four young men, to see these four young men but particularly the three young men pushing their buddy up the mountain with everything else that's going on in the world. And uh, if folks out there whining, bitching, complaining, and we talk about ten toes down and allowing you to stand on yours, think about that. Four young men of different ethnic backgrounds pushing their one friend up the side of a mountain, and they were doing it for extra It was just one of those things where it just made my day. It made my day, it made my evening. Here it is, Sunday. You know, I, over, I, I get up every Sunday morning and go walk a mile to my parents' house just see how they're doing. You know, they're in their 80s with this whole COVID thing. They doing all right. You know, they're doing all right. My folks are real strong people. And uh, I didn't even get a chance to tell my mom about it, but that that right there, as long as I can, maintain my memory and think about things I will always 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 think about that this September 2020 of everything that is going on this year I'm gonna add that as something pivotal that I witnessed that will keep me optimistic keep me realist keep me real keep me optimistic keep me hopeful keep me hopeful. About human beings and that 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 line where civility and savagery is blurred, I saw the extreme of civility where four young men of different ethnic backgrounds, the third in a wheelchair and his buddies was pushing him up the side of mountain so Wanna just leave you with that when you want to whine and complain and just see all this stuff going on in the world, tell you something that I saw yesterday that 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 did me good, that that where this little dark piece that's in my heart and hit my soul, that's all all, this all wound up and just watching all this madness that's going on, it kind of loosened it up, you know. So just want to throw that in there. The other thing though, it it depends on your perspective. Uh, I was watching Pitbull on Drink Champs fantastic interview That and Pitbull was dropping nuggets and he, he said something that stands out and I'll say this but then I'll go on to something else they brought up he said uh, how did he put it, it and, I'm, and I'm, I'm misquoting but how the quote ended up being being is if you show me your friends it will show me your future I'm going to say that again. If you show me your friends, I will show you your future. I want you to marinate on that. And Pitbull said that, you know, my mom early on have told me and my brother in a different a different type of way how you pick and choose your friends. But it even goes into the next level of if you want to be an academic, you need to be around academics. If you want to be a criminal, you hang around criminals. If you want to be an entrepreneur, you gotta hang around entrepreneurs. If you want to be great, you have to be around greatness. And when Pitbull said that it just whoa it's it's stuff I've I've it's when I watch these shows I hear what folks say, and it's almost a good confirmation to me, and I, I can take a deep breath because I don't feel like I've been going down the, the wrong path. Sometimes I question the decisions I make, my own decisions, because it's on me. It's on me. And, and that, was a, that was the part when he was talking about that, because if you're hanging around a bunch of folks, and them folks are hanging around you, and something go wrong, it's on you. But if you're doing your own thing, you're doing your own thing and it goes wrong, it's on you. But if it goes good, it's on you as well. And that's how when you move by yourself and be responsible, pretty much you're going to be all right. But if you're going to move in a certain way and you're trying to improve yourself, be around other folks who are trying to do good as well. So I just want to say that Pitbull said and I'll repeat, it. he said, Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Deep, 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 deep. Marinate on that. Last, so, other thing they said, they were talking about this Netflix show, The Social Dilemma. So, I hadn't seen that, so I watched it. And The Social Dilemma talks about the new technology we have Facebook, Facebook, LinkedIn. Twitter, I guess Tumblr, Pinterest, and all this stuff they do, and how it's is is tapping into, tapping into the human brain psychologically, with your urges. And one of the Harvard professors talking about how we talk about uh, from an investment standpoint, stocks and bonds. Uh, pig futures or cattle futures or orange juice futures. Now it's about human futures and human capital and the human brain and predicting what the human brain will do and predicting what the human human brain will do with precision through the algorithms. And that's no secret. That's no secret. And it's it's, it's, we want to blame technology. We want to blame phones. We want to blame these 22, 23 to 40 year old. And this is, and I'm quoting what the one guy said. He said a different age, but I'm, I'm moving the age down a little lower. 25 to 40 year old white men in Silicon Valley, about 15 to 20 of them deciding how 50 billion people should think, move, buy, live, and just talking about what's going on as far as politics and economics and putting fear in folks by how they post or if you put in a Google search in Atlanta and you put in I'm looking for plants or I'm looking for a truck in Atlanta and it might bring up Ford and if you say I'm looking for a truck in California or San Diego it might bring up you a Toyota Tundra why a Google search should be universal it's all these things that go along with technology But the thing I came away with it was, yes, all these things, these tools have crossed a line. But to me, I take a step back. Human beings have crossed the line and you have some human beings who are sharp enough to realize what's going on. And even some of these individuals who work for Google, Facebook, Twitter. Were being controlled by the very technology they were studying and by the very apps that they were employed by, they were controlled by it. The simplest things of putting your phone down and not touch your phone, folks can even put their phones down. And I was struck by that, but for me being as old as I am, this didn't just happen with telephones, it happened with television. It started with television. Because back in my day, ABC, CBS, NBC, and then PBS came along. I just think of all the Westerns and the Cowboys and Indian programs that were on television from, say, 1940 up until, let's say, 2000. No, we're still into maybe to to 1990. It was always this narrative of possibly the Indians being the bad guys and the cowboys being the good guys. Where, Where we know history, this land belongs to Indians. It belongs to the Native Americans, I should say. Let's correct that. Let's be politically correct. It belongs to the Native Americans. So when we talk about programming and what has taken place and the social dilemma, the social dilemma in its third quarter is not about the telephones and the apps, it's happening faster because all this is new technology that has taken place in the last what 10-15 years, but there's been almost a hundred years of television, movie, and video. The birth of a nation. So we can't separate the social dilemma of technology and phones and apps from that movie called The Birth of a Nation where it shows the rise of the Ku Kukla, Klux Klan. So your Hollywood videos, your plays, and even some of the books that have been written. There was a book at Arizona State in the sociology sociology department, and I could be misquoted, mis- mis- quoting the department. And my daughter's at Arizona State. There was a book at Arizona State 2020 that had the title Defiance and the picture was a picture of the police arresting a young black man. That's programming. That's a social dilemma as well. So we need to be clear. The social dilemma from the Netflix series shows A part of what technology has done, but it didn't start with the technology. It may end with it because we're going down what they call this rabbit hole, but it started with TV. It started with racist individuals working in different areas and different mediums from radio TV TV to even all the great book publishers in this country. So if you're going to talk about the social dilemma, you talk about the social dilemma of the education system. You talk about the social dilemma of TV and media. You talk about the social dilemma of Hollywood and all the movies that have come out over 100 years. I'll give you another one and we'll be done with this topic. The Cosby Show in a Different World. Those two came, when those two came out, it showed the black family in a different light other than good times, social dilemma, the different world. The different world touched the strings of what it was to be an HBCU. Take a step back 20 years prior, most of your NFL players came from HBCUs. This week, prime time, Mr. Deion Sanders became the head coach of Jackson State University so everything is within its context understand what the social dilemma is social dilemma is not just the phones and putting putting the phones away it's every type of visual, video, technology entertainment, book, print, news, internet everything that comes across your eyes and brain that either teaches you educate you get you better to your humanity or it programs you you got to keep it all in context so we're going to title this one the duty of mankind the duty of mankind because I saw a lot yesterday I've seen a lot this week and watching how we're moving and uh, there's some questionable things being done, said, and there is a truth, but you gotta make a decision where which side of that line you fall on and it's either be civility or savagery Are you in that gray area where it's blurred, where there's no focus? I know where I'm at, and I'm in control of that decision. So, this is Glenn Andrews, bringing you books and iron, about to get in and get the training, and uh, the duty of mankind blurred lines of civility and savagery. Books and Iron, signing out.